This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode number 101. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show today. I'm really excited you're here to learn with me about apartment building investing. Today on the show, I have Corey Peterson with Kahuna Investments on the show, and today he does multi-million dollar multi-family deals, but he didn't start out that way. Would it shock you to learn that he did a bunch of single-family house flipping before he came to the same conclusion that we all come to today, which is, hey, we got to do multi-family, and gosh darn it, we should have done it years ago and skipped a bunch of single-family house investing. So he kind of describes his journey all the way from his his job and getting fired, being a busy restaurant manager, retraining to be a financial advisor, getting fired from that, and then what? And of course, doing real estate with house flipping and the insanity of that until he finally saw the light, which was multifamily. Major aha moment for him is raising money. So he talks about that. It's just uh, just classic, guys. Classic. Really want you guys to pay attention to Corey's journey because I'm hoping he can shave 10 years off of your quest for financial freedom. So let's get right into the interview with Corey Peterson. Corey, welcome to the show today. Hey, welcome. Thanks, man. Excited. Glad you're here. So just give us a brief overview of kind of what you're doing now. And then I want to dig into your real estate story. Yeah, man. Right now, I'm a full-time investor in the multifamily space. We've been doing it since 2011, but we've been hitting it really hard lately, and we've had a lot of success. I mean, the market's tight, but you got to kiss a lot of frogs to find deals, but we've been successfully finding cash-flowing deals that allow me to live the life that I want, which is what I call sunsets of palm trees. Sunsets of palm trees. I love that. I love that. Most of us aren't born investing in multifamily, so Rewind the clock for us a little bit. When did you start looking into real estate? What was going on in your life that even caused you to look around? So this is a great story because this is funny how this works. But 17 years ago, before that, I was a used car salesman. And then my wife said she couldn't marry a car salesman. So I asked her if a restaurant manager was better. And she said, That's yes, because she... Better. She wanted a she wanted a consistent paycheck, but then she never saw me. So here I was, a restaurant manager. I really liked this girl, and my mom had just gotten married to this man named Bruce. Okay, I call him Bruce Wayne because uh, he's not Batman. Okay, but he was loaded, and so they invited Shelly and I to go to Hawaii. He had a house right on the beach. So like we went to Hawaii together. This guy's got a house around the beach. We're walking around the cove and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, and this guy's like got the life. He's got cars, fine art. He's got money and his phone is not ringing. I got like enough nerve to ask him what he did, right? So what do you do? And you know what he said? He said he owned apartments. He owned real estate. Imagine that. And so, man, I read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, about six months later. And in 2005, I got hooked. I knew, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Now, I had no money, no credit, no idea. So I read all the books, read all the books, read all the books. And finally, I decided to take a home equity loan out of my house. And I did my first flip. That's where I started. And I failed. I did three deals and uh, about three rental properties. And I ran out of money. And I didn't know how to get past that. So I became a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Wow. So you quit your restaurant management thing and you said, I'm going to retool, retrain and become a financial advisor. 
Yeah, you know, and that's funny how that happened. I just met a guy. I got to make some money so I could buy real estate. My first thought was, hey, I'm going to be a pharmacist. I was going back to school to try to be a pharmacist. And he's like, dude, this guy was a financial advisor with Edward Jones that I was talking with. And he goes, Corey, by the time you spend four or five years getting your education to be a pharmacist, you can make that much money being a financial advisor. I'm like, well, I don't have a degree. I don't have you know, a college degree or anything like that. How do I become an Edward Jones a financial advisor? He goes, dude, all you gotta do is pass the test. And so I'm like, really? And so I, he gave me the interview, set me up with an interview process, and they hired me, thankfully. I don't know why. Now, let, me, let me ask you something, Corey. Okay, let me ask you something. Because you, you saw this guy 17 years ago, you know, having the life of the apartment building. It's like, oh, that's what I need, to, I need to do. And then instead, you start flipping houses, and you become a financial advisor, right? So help explain that. Because obviously, that's not what you're doing anymore. But help explain your thinking at the time, why you thought those were good ideas. Man, I think like most of us, we turn on the TV and we see fix this house, flip yeah. this house, and you see the profits, you're like, oh, I can make some quick money to kind of get myself squared away, and then I can start investing. Like, it was like, oh, then I'll start being an investor. I mean, I got caught in the trap. I became a financial advisor in 2006, you know, six, seven, eight, and then the market crashes. <laughs> what a horrible time to be a financial advisor, okay? Every investment I ever made, like, went down the toilet, and I felt like crap. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, it was bad. At that point in time, actually, I got fired. First time in my life I ever got fired. And, and I, I remember going to the work that day, and I was like, man, honey, I have an appointment at 10 o'clock, and I, I, my numbers are down. I'm like, I could get fired. And sure enough, I walk in at 8 o'clock. I look at my secretary's eyes, and the call's been made. I'm toast. Mm. So I had two hours in my office, sitting in my office, thinking, I got to come up with plan B, right? You know, we still need my income. And dude, in that office, something special happened, mm. Michael. You'll relate to anybody that's successful in real estate relates to this. There's a time in your life or a point in time where you decide and you commit. And so in that office alone by myself, I made the most deepest, most honest, simple commitment to myself that I would be willing to do whatever it took in real estate. And I mean, dude, and that's really it. I mean, I committed everything that I was, that I was going to do it. Because every book I'd read, like all the guys, they uh, became successful in a down market. And we were in one of the worst we'd ever seen. Hmm. And I go, if I can't do it this way, then I'll never be able to do it. I got fired. I'm walking out of the deal. I'm like, like Rocky, right? Like all excited. Well, that lasted for about 30 seconds, okay? <laughs> and then reality <laughs> yeah. hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, because I still had to go home and sell my wife. <laughs> and uh, well, on the other thing also, if even if you found a, a house to flip right then and there, you know it's going to be six months before that thing pays anything. Yeah. And you had a problem right now. Yeah. yeah. And so my wife says, yes, you know, she gave me her blessing. She's like, don't fail because everything was on the line. You know, I have kids and family and a mortgage payment, but it made me go in massive action. And honestly, I went back to wholesaling, right? The one thing ever Jones taught me was how to network. I didn't have any money and I didn't know how to raise private money. And so I was out there hustling to the RIAs and finding people that had money. And then I would hustle deals. Another thing changed my life. And I learned how to raise private money. And I did it totally by accident. I was playing racquetball with one of my old financial advisor guys. We still play to this day. He kind of watched me start wholesaling. And I was saying, hey, listen, he lived in a retirement community. And I didn't think this guy didn't have any extra money. All of it was all in annuities and fixed income, and he was living his life, and he was happy. So I was asking him for his help. And I said, hey, Carl, you know, you see what I'm doing? If I could get money, I could probably pay 12% interest and give him a note and deed of trust. And, you know, do you know anybody in your neighborhood? And so he kind of was like, okay, well, whatever. Well, the next day he calls me. He's like, Corey, do you still want to do that 12%? 
And in my mind, I'm like, man, Carl found somebody, <laughs> right? He goes, Corey, you don't know this, but my home is totally paid for. And I can borrow money at 3% and you're going to pay me 12. I can make yeah. a spread. How much yeah. money do you need? I gather up all my strength, right? <laughs> like, I need $85,000, Carl. And Carl's like, yeah, okay, no problem. Where do you want me to send it? Unbelievable. Dude, my mouth dropped. But I equate that moment, you know, self-belief, your mind is so powerful one way or the other, right? So if you think you can't, you won't. But if you think you can, you can, right? And so by doing that and getting that money, I felt like I went into the phone booth as Clark Kent. And I did my little turnaround. I come out and I was Superman, dude. Yeah. What a, <laughs> and I what learned a, how to raise private money. What an aha moment. I had a similar moment as well. I just couldn't believe that someone was dumb enough to try to want to invest with me. So you got this $85,000. So now instead of wholesaling, you probably what? You use it to flip a house with. I go into the fix and flip business, dude. And so- Hey, I don't, look, I don't, actually, don't feel too bad. I did the same damn thing because I didn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah. I really thought that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And so, dude, I go out and I start learning how to raise a crap ton of private money. I mean, I start raising millions. I mean, I put together a credibility kit. I've got a private money lending program. I'm talking about money and then I'm still a wreck. I'm running all my rehabs. I've got job sites, multiple job sites. And in the world, I look super successful, Michael. I look successful. Inside, I'm dying because I am now running around with my head cut off. I've gotten success, but we all know in the flip and fix business, sometimes you still make some flops, okay? They never show that on TV, by the way. The bigger problem with it is that you're making money. That's like the bigger problem because it's got like these golden handcuffs. Yeah, but I'm making money, but man, that's like I swapped one job for another. Yeah, and so here's what happened. It was like a Saturday. It was like, I have kids. So Saturday's game day, right? That's an important day. So my son had a game at like three o'clock or something like that, and so that morning, Dad's going to be in my game. Yes, son, you can count on me. But inside, I know I've got three homes I've got to look at. I'm like, I, I had missed them this week and I got to check on them. So, man, I'm scurrying. I'm going to, you know, I get job one. I'm like, gosh, dang it. It's a mess. They don't have the right ceiling fans. I become my professional parts Lowe's runner. So I run to Lowe's like I always do. I go grab parts. I get back. I drop them off. I'm trying to get, you know, so then I go to the next job and I'm running behind by the third deal. I'm all the way on the other side of town. I look at my watch and there's no way I'm going to make it in time for my son's game. And I miss it. Mm. And you want to talk about feeling like an absolute failure, yeah. right? When your kid looks at you and you know that you screwed up. It's a real moment, man. It was a real, it would make me almost shed a tear if I, I think on it too much because it was tough. And at that point in time, I was like, man, I, I got to do something different. I got to change. And I remember driving by an apartment complex that I've driven by all the time. Every time I come home, I see it. And I used to say, man, I wish I could own an apartment. And that's all it was is a wish. But that day, I did something totally different. I said, how can I own an apartment? And dude, that changed everything for me. All of a sudden, my brain started working again. The first thing I had to do is like, well, what did I know about apartments? I'm like, I don't know a whole lot. So I had to go get some education. And so that's what I did. I went first to Barnes and Nobles and bought a bunch of books. I started reading books and I found a mentor. And it took me a whole year to really get real comfortable with that idea of you know, how to underwrite, how to use a template, basically everything you teach. I mean, like, you know, you got to have some framework to understand what you're doing, right? But at that point, I felt confident enough. And so then here's the thing, because I was in the fix and flip business, I already had lots of private money. And I felt like, man, all I got to do is transition this money. And that's all I did. I just said, hey, guys, the market's changing. This is like almost in 2011. 
I'm like, the market's changing, guys. It's getting harder and harder to find these fix and flip deals. And I'm not sure how long it's going to last. So we're going to start moving this way. I started positioning where we're going. And these guys had given me lots of money. They trusted me. They knew me, liked me. They were like, okay, that's cool, Corey. That's what we're going to do. And I actually went to a multifamily event. I can't remember which one it was, but I was at some multifamily event. And somehow, usually when you go to these events, I'm always trying to find people like you, Michael, guys that are actually doing real estate deals. But in this time, I was like, I'm going to do something radically different. And somehow they allowed me to announce, like they said, hey, has anybody got any announcements? And this was on day one. So I stood up in the back of the room and I said, hey, my name's Corey Peterson and I've got a crap ton of money. (laughs) Is there any deals out of there? Is there any deals out there? Man, I didn't pay for lunch or dinner for the rest of the week. And everybody was like, hey, here's my deal. Here's my deal. You know, can you help me fund my deal? Fund my deal. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was ready to do a deal. Is there a way better, faster way to find one to get into a deal? And so I actually found some people that really needed some money because they were $150,000 hard on their earnest money. And they had to close in 30 days and they needed $1.4 million and they had raised the lick. And it was a true solid, solid deal. So I negotiated a 75% ownership of that deal. I brought in all the money. We did it totally wrong, by the way, because they didn't have a PPM. So I, I did my first deal totally wrong. I did it on unsecured prom notes. That's not the way you want to do it. But it allowed me to get in the deal. And now we bought the deal for $3.2 million. After the first year, I bought both partners out because they were not good ones. But this last summer, 2017 summer, I sold that deal for $8.8 million. That's incredible. So one deal, one stupid deal, 2011, has retired me. And we did a 1031 exchange with that deal, and I bought a $12.7 million deal. And that deal will pay me 400 k for the rest of my life. Yeah. And this is an example, Corey, of how multifamily, how quick things can happen with multifamily. And, and a lot of people don't do it with their first deal the way you described it, but they do it with three deals. 90% of people do it in three deals. They're literally done. Versus, and it's, it's over. Yeah, yes. it's, it's over. It really is staggering. And uh, the problem, Corey, is that most people just don't think they can do it. They do the same thing that you did, same thing that I did. You know what? Let me get 10 years of single family house experience, and then I'll take the money and roll that and my experience into multifamily. What do you think of that plan? Yeah, I think you should start multifamily a lot faster. <laughs> I mean, I wish if I could roll time back. I mean, I just, that's all I would do. I would focus on learning how to raise private money, how to talk with people and underwriting deals, right? And that's all. That's all I would do because man, that game, the multifamily game is so much funner to play. It's a bigger game. It's actually a lot easier in my mind, right? Because we hire, like I sub out personally, my third-party management. So I don't do the day-to-day management. I don't have to clock in. We're doing bigger deals. It's easier to get loans. And it all puts together. And when you have the private money piece kind of squared away, it allows you to do lots of things, right? Lots of deals. And we've just learned to that for us, we've learned our deal size. For us, it's 100 units or plus, right? And the reason for that for us, or it's really like 90, but it'll support a management company because I don't ever want to self-manage. And I've learned that if I stay in my lane and do that, it, it's very successful. So when I try to self-manage and do other things and chase white rabbits, right, it's not as good for me. If I stay in my lane and talk to capital, raise capital, and help find deals, that's good. So, so what, it's been amazing. So yeah, it is totally amazing. And every time I have a conversation like this, I'm continually amazed at the power of multifamily. And worse, the reason that people don't get into it. The same reason I didn't. I thought I knew something about apartments, but it was totally wrong. 
almost every single podcast guest that has quit their job, has gone the single family route and then multifamily was like, I wish someone would have sat me down 10 years ago and told me what we're talking about right now, right? Learn to raise money, go get some education and then just do it. Skip the 10 years of single family house. So because you don't even need it. Yeah. What advice do you have someone sitting in their cubicle right now, you know, and they're, they're faithfully going to their RIA meetings every single month. And they go there, of course, with a goal of quitting their job one day, not really realizing yeah. that whatever strategy you're thinking in their head, which is normally single family houses, won't actually get them there, right? So you can sit this person down over a cup of coffee. What do you say to them? I would explain to him the route that he's going to leads to just hustle and grind, right? And it'll never stop, right? That life that you're looking at, single family fix and flip life, because I know I, like, I've got the education in that. It's not what you think it is, right? And like, listen, we all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Most of us have read that book. And Robert Kiyosaki never talked about fix and flip. He always talked about cash flow. Man, I'm like, that life sets you free, right? The cash flow life sets you free. You need to be working towards that. And the best way to do that is with multifamily. And everybody's got to live somewhere. And the kind of stuff that we buy, I'm sure you buy the same thing, is the working man's apartment. It's the stuff that they don't build anymore. You know, and if you can fix deferred maintenance and bad management, which is usually the two biggest culprits, you can make a lot of money and provide world-class service for tenants that want to stay in your apartments and they'll stay a long time. Like that's magic. But Corey, I don't have any, I don't have any money. Yeah. Well, that's easy because neither did I. Right. So like, okay. So listen, you know, stop making excuses and start saying, how can I find people with money? It's funny, but I'll tell you to start with your friends and family because that's where I did. And that's where you can make a lot of mistakes. Right. What I learned, Michael, for me is I never asked people for money. I always ask them, who do you know? And I always found that that was a really good way to take any pressure off with people. And so when I had like my um, credibility kit, a couple pages, I said, can I share this with you? Because I think you may know somebody that may be interested. And then see, all you have to do is share and the right people will always self-select and say, hey, I'm kind of interested. Tell me more. All you got to do is keep doing that. You do that to everybody that you meet. And believe it or not, that's how you raise private money. Yeah. So like you said, you don't really raise money. You're just sharing your enthusiasm with people. And you're asking, hey, do you know someone? Yeah. And then through that process, people, like you said, they kind of self-select and go, you know, well, I might be interested in that. And then it gives you permission for a greater conversation. Yep. And the other part is find someone to partner with, right? Find someone that's already in the industry and partner with them. Listen, if I had a magic wand and said, Corey, if you could partner with this guy and learn it like firsthand, you know, do much pretty much all the work and queue it up for this guy, would I do it? It would be a heck yes every time, twice on Sundays. Because what you know and what I know is invaluable and we can help teach somebody so much faster. Yeah, let's talk about partnering because that's exactly what you do and you're not the exception in partnering. And so what happens is people are like, okay, there's two things that are valuable. It's either money or the deal itself. You said, okay, I happen to have money for my house flipping stuff. So you went to an event to find someone with a deal and you found that person. Now that person went to that event going, I need money, right? So yeah. that was their problem and they were put together and all of a sudden, boom, you have something and without you, without both of you guys, both of you guys would have failed or it would have taken a lot longer. So I love yeah. that, right? So if you have one but not the other, then find someone who's got what you don't have. So that's pretty cool. So what are you really excited about right now, Corey? Man, I'm excited about like the marketplace in general. I feel like there's a, as interest rates are going to start rising, I feel like there's going to be some opportunity in that multifamily space that it's going to be really killer. So we're just stacking up our cash to wait for something in the future coming. So we're excited because I feel like there's going to be lots of buying opportunities. That's awesome. 
Well, listen, I appreciate you sharing uh, your experience so far and inspiring so many here to kind of get into multifamily sooner rather than later. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Really, you can either go to my website, kahunawealthbuilders.com or check out our podcast, Multifamily Legacy Podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, everybody listening, go ahead and check that out. You should be consuming every multifamily podcast out there and Corey's is fantastic. So definitely check his out if you haven't done so already. So Corey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for having me, man. Hey, you guys, your listeners are awesome. And I'm telling you, multifamily is the way. It is the way. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Corey Peterson from Kahuna Investments. And again, my advice is to check out his podcast. You want to listen to everything you can about multifamily. And I hope you're getting a sense by now of all these guests that I bring on that the number one lesson learned from all these people, I wish I had started multifamily earlier. I wish I had known I could raise money. I wish I had known how to overcome my lack of experience and track record. And that's kind of my message to the millions, guys, is get into multifamily right now. Uh, learn to raise money. It's a learnable skill. You can overcome your experience with education by building your team. So lesson number one. Lesson number two is see what your strengths are. If you have access to capital, you have some of your own or you have access to people, then bring that and find people with deals. Now, we have deals through our Deal Desk program. So uh, bring us our deals. You can go to the michaelblanc.com forward slash partner and see how that what that entails on that side. If you have a passive in- income, check out the michaelblanc.com forward slash invest and register with our investor portal. We're always looking for for more investors that are interested in our in our deals. All right. The other realization is to figure out what you can partner. Uh, so if you have a deal, bring it to us. If you have money, find people with with deals. Partnership is huge and accelerates the uh, the entire process. So anyway. I want to challenge you guys to really look at everything that I've got uh, on the the michaelblank.com. If you haven't done already, download my free ebook called The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building Deal. That's at themichaelblank.com forward slash ebook. I think that'll really open your eyes about how easy it is to actually raise money. I do have an upcoming in-person event which is the Financial Freedom Summit. It's coming up April 27th to the 29th, 2018. All right, and if you missed it, if you listen to this episode later on, we have it again in October. So twice a year we have that. That's at the michaelblanc.com forward slash summit. And what we do during this event, we actually simulate the purchase of a 69-unit apartment building. So you're gonna be working with small groups of five in a hands-on environment where you're finding, analyzing, negotiating, doing due diligence, all the way, raising the money, getting the financing, all the way through closing. So it's a very, very hands-on workshop for that. So if you're interested in getting started, that's a great way to do that. Um, if you love the show, you know, leave me a review on iTunes. I love getting those. It exposes to more people. And um, yeah, I hope you found that valuable today with Corey Peterson. Hopefully it really inspired you to kind of get farther into multifamily. And uh, all right, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this. I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.